All right. So today's going to be really different. Are you guys okay with that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, June. I knew June would be. Um, and here's what I mean by that. Literally 24 hours ago, 24 hours ago, well, just a smidge over that now. We were in morning prayer on Saturday morning here at nine o'clock. And just a, a quick plug for that. If you're able to be here in person, I want to invite you to do so. Um, and, and many uh, are joining us online. But guys, God's doing something. And it's only going to come through prayer. It, it has to come through prayer. That's where the relationship with God is forged. Um, it's not enough um, just to, to sit by and wait for, for things to happen. We have to go boldly into um, a, an offensive posture in the spirit. And that's what we're doing in warfare here on every Saturday. And I thank you guys that, that are faithful to come or to join online, but I just wanna recruit some more because uh, we have about 25 to 30 faithful people every week that are here interceding for you, interceding for our church. And so in, in prayer yesterday, literally the plan for today was for Elaine and I to wrap up our It's Complicated series. And all week long, I'd had this nagging little thing in the back of my mind and heart. How many have ever had that? It's called the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and I kept trying to shrug it off. And I was like, okay, I'm a person who really likes a plan. Um, I like check boxes. I like to know the plan. You know, we already had production meeting, planned all the things. It's all, it's going to be this way. And so I kept fighting against that. And yesterday in prayer, God just turned my heart. And, and so this is going to be very off script because I only had 24 hours to try to put all these things together in my, my mind, but they've really been brewing in my heart for quite some time. And so um, after that was over, I, I texted pastor and I said, hey, I want to meet with you um, and just let you know kind of what, what's on my heart. And he spoke a, a word of confirmation into that. Um, and it was just kind of a cool thing to see just how God orchestrated today, uh, because what I have to share with you is on time. Um, and it's something just straight from the heart of God. And what it's also going to be coupled with today is, uh, and I'm calling today's talk, I don't know what else to call it. It's a, it's a talk message, prophetic releasing. Um, I'll call it all those things. But it's called uh, The State of Our Church, Great Expectations. And I just want to encourage you, if you're watching online, I want you to hit the share button and share Share, 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 share with all that you know, because I want everybody that can, especially that's connected to this church, to hear what God's saying today, because uh, this was really born uh, from the Spirit. And so um, I've, I've kind of divided up our time today into two, two pieces, if you will. Uh, the first part of it is going to be kind of practical, um, and this will be more the, the state of our church part, but I kind of want to reveal that to you in two different thoughts. One is where we're at, and the second is where we're going. Um, and there's a couple of pieces to that, but uh, I just feel like in this season, especially as we wrap up this year of 2020, that's been so unique and interesting in so many ways. Um, what I felt and what Pastor confirmed as we talked yesterday, this, this is an opportunity for us to solidify um, what God's been speaking to our hearts, where we've been, what's been going on, but also to speak to the future. And so uh, a couple of components of that is I want to give an update on Pastor, and, and you guys know he's here with us today. 
Um, but he's been, been with us for several weeks now. But um, as you, uh, if you've been with us for a little bit, you remember we set a course here a couple months ago um, for him in this extended time off. And I just wanted to kind of give you a report that, that he's checked off all the check boxes um, except for one. Uh, we told you we were committing to uh, check in with him and also uh, the counselor that was working with him uh, in this season just to make sure that we're stewarding him well and stewarding the church well. And so uh, really encouraging um, updates kind of from, from that front. But I just want to let you guys know, although we don't have a date that we can give you today, what I can tell you is that there's just one last little checkbox to check off that's kind of out of his control, but then he'll be back with us up here really, really soon. So how many are ready for that? Amen. I know I am because I am tired, guys. <laughs> But uh, Pastor's been sharing with me some of the thoughts and um, the series that he's been working on, because he's not just been sitting idly by. Um, he doesn't do idle very well, if you don't know him very well. Um, but in sharing some of the, the series ideas and the message um, ideas that he's been getting from the Lord in this time, um, I, I really wish we could start that series next week. But what I know is that um, you know, pastor's been able to get to a place where God's been able to show him the vision forward for the church and for us. And so I'm just excited that that's just around the corner. Amen? Amen. Um, in the area of finances, you know, it's, it's interesting sometimes to me in my, in my role, because if you don't know, I'm the executive pastor, which just means I'm kind of over, kind of pastoring the staff and then the finances of the church and all. How sometimes, you know, people will come to me and they'll, they'll ask me questions about, you know, kind of how we're doing because they've heard, you know, a thought or a rumor or something or somebody. I'm always surprised because I'm like, well, I'm the guy who knows. Um, that's news to me. And so uh, here's what I'm going to commit to you all. I kind of realized in, in processing through all of this and praying over it in the last 24 hours that I haven't done a very good job at times of keeping you guys updated as to how things are going and kind of what we're doing. And so my, my commitment to you, I pulled Marie in the other day and I said, look, going forward, I want to develop a consistent communication rhythm with all of our Pathway people and our owners to let them know how we're doing, what's going on, what to pray for, um, and so that you're looped in. Because I recognize that if we don't communicate, sometimes that leaves things to people's imaginations. Um, and I don't, want to be any, I don't want to be any party to the enemy to give him room to, to speak into our story. Amen. So let me, let me give you some encouragement. How many would like some encouragement? Yeah. I, I love it. It's my favorite thing. Um, and so I, I think one of the joys of my position, as hard as this year has been, is being able to see God move so clearly. Um, and when you look at our finances, just as a snapshot, here's some things I wanted you to know. Um, in spite of this year and all the things that have been connected to it, financially, we remain in a very solid position. We are firmly in the black for the year. Um, like many of you, we've had to pinch some pennies and make some adjustments. Um, that's called stewardship. Um, one of our church's values, if you've been around here for any length of time, is we are stewards. And what I can tell you is when I came into this role in the church, pastor asked me to drill down and do everything I could to try to squeeze and to, to allocate things to the right places. Now listen, that's different than being cheap, right? Because we don't skimp on ministry delivery. Um, but to be strategic and to be purposeful about the decisions that we're making. 
And so I've done my best to do that. This year has been um, definitely more challenging, but it's, it's just stewardship. It's a different season. Um, and some of the things that God's brought us through over this last few years is made so clear in a season like this one. You know, some of the decisions that we've made, some of the things that we've prioritized. And so here's just a couple of notes uh, in addition to that that I think are, are encouraging and should be uh, uplifting to you. We have not at any time this year, not one time, have we dipped into our emergency fund or savings account. Not one time. Amen. Now, prior to starting the building process, we had a very healthy savings account. And one of the discussions, you know, along the way was, is there a point where we should consider using any of that for the building? And the, the elders' resolve was absolutely not. That, that'll stay over here because you never know when there's going to be a rainy day or a rainy year um, like we've had. And so what I've been able to do as, as kind of the finance officer is not worry because we've always had plenty in the storehouse. And I just want you guys to know that that, that is a, a staple of who we are as a church. We live what we preach to you. Um, I just a, a miracle of miracles. You know, this is just recently negotiated, but I began working on negotiating our, our lease spaces because our contracts were coming due with this facility and the office facility. Um, and just by, this is, this is an evidence, guys, of God's favor and grace, okay? In a season where I'm trying to look at where can we save money, how can we better appropriate our resources in 2021, an opportunity came up where after about a week and a half's worth of back and forth negotiation, we're going to be able to move from the office up here down into this strip center on the end into about a 900 square foot larger space that will save us as a church $30,000 next year. That's a miracle. It's a miracle. Because I look at it almost prophetically, like why would God orchestrate that if he did not expect us to grow? Because we've been, we are maxed out in that space. Um, we've got 16 faithful employees up there and, and some volunteers that kind of flow in and out. And we literally have people in every little corner <laughs> of that space. What this will allow us to do in this space, by my best estimations, is grow from 16 to 30-ish or more, um, which is, we, we believe with all of our heart, is, is God setting us up for what he's got ahead of us. Just God's favor. Favor, amen. You can give God one more praise. I'm not going to yeah. stop you. One thing Pastor and I both wanted to, to take a moment to do was to thank you givers this year because we couldn't have done all that we've done. And I'm going to go through some of the details here in just a second. But because of your faithfulness in a trying season, we've been able to continue to not only do ministry, but almost reimagine ministry and, and make a way for other people, build new serve teams, continue to give and sow in ways that were not exactly what we planned on coming in. But if we'd been strapped or we'd been in a spot where we couldn't, you know, exercise the heart of God, it, it would have been really difficult. Um, but because of your faithfulness, I just want to take a moment and say thank you. So give yourselves a round of applause today for being a part of the family of God, giving into the work of God. Um, these are just some of the things that you guys have done this year. I don't have time to go through the whole list, but, but I want to make this statement as I read this list. Not at when, any time this year 
have we either cut or reduced any of our giving outside of this church? Not one time. Why is that important? Because we teach you guys that it's not about us, that it's about the kingdom. And how big of a hypocrite would I be if I'm standing up in front of you and we withdrew all our giving? Because let me just tell you, that's a big number. In our monthly budget, what we give, we sow every month from what you give into outreach. And we give it to local missions and we give it to national missions, Jewish ministry and international missions. And we have not ever one time decreased that this year. And we've not ever one time called one of our missionaries or our partners and said, sorry, it's not coming this month. And a matter of fact, we took on more this year. And I just want you to know that you're a part of that. And here's what that looks like. You all helped buy land in Pakistan for a huge new Christian church that's going to be built there. In a Muslim stronghold. A strong Muslim stronghold. Matter of fact, there's a bidding war with a local imam that was trying to get the space. And just through God's favor and through the, not only our giving, but giving of other churches in this area, other business people in this area, we were able to secure that very large piece of land and building for the use of the kingdom of God. Um, you guys have helped our Pathway families every month of this very difficult year. We've continued. Pastor Colin has, has been good to, to stay on top of that. And we've had so many more opportunities this year to sow into our families. Um, as they've gone through job losses and career transitions and all those things. And we've done that every month this year. Um, Pastor Colin also took on a strategic effort that he felt led of the Lord on to, to minister directly to our widows, our orphans, and our older generation this year. And, and we wouldn't have been able to do that, guys, if you guys hadn't been so faithful to give. Um, we, we send money to college campus ministries that witness and disciple on college campuses in the nation. You guys took care of 116 kids through gifting Christmas here just within this last couple of weeks that I told you if you totaled up the money you guys sowed plus all the toys and all the things that you gathered would have represented probably in the neighborhood of $10,000 that you sowed into the families of our community. Um, we support Missions Works in Africa. We just literally uh, this past month uh, purchased doors and windows for a broken down uh, area in Pakistan for a school, a uh, Christian school, uh, that they were able to take the money we gave them and, and replace and fix all the doors and windows to secure the school for the kids. Um, and then on top of that, guys, we just we support several local ministries and outreach organizations that, that serve and feed uh, the hungry, the homeless, that take care of unwed mothers. Um, mothers that are contemplating abortion. You guys do all of that. So I just want you to give yourselves one more big round of applause. That's you guys. We just steward it. Amen. Um, but I just, with, with that being said, through November, so this isn't even the complete year, but just through November, you all have given to the kingdom through Pathway Church in some outreach form $121,000, $555.94, Amen? Thank you. Uh, just a couple other quick notes. So um, I've been kind of marveling at, at this, but looking at our attendance, uh, both in person and, and online, over the last, last six to seven weeks, we've been setting post, what I'll call post-COVID uh, records, because <laughs> the, the kind of way we're gauging this year is, well, before and after. 
Um, but post-COVID, matter of fact, the weekend after Thanksgiving, which shocked me, was one of our highest attended weekends since the pandemic began. So it just tells me you guys are a bunch of you know, rowdy Jesus lovers that just won't yeah. be deterred. Um, but it's with, with, the, with the year, um, I, I wanted to take just a moment and, and tell you that the, a lot of the changes and the adjustments and the things that we've done this year uh, in the area of our, our, our ministry reach has to do with our, our digital and online platforms. And, and I would be remiss if I didn't take a moment to brag on Josh Daniel and his team. Yeah. I want you... Yeah. Thank you, Josh. He hates this, by the way. <laughs> Josh is behind the scenes all the time, but, but he is... We have a value in our staff called Make It Better. Um, and Josh is, is a poster child for that. He's always looking at how can he improve, make it better, how, how can he tweak. When we hit the pandemic this year, um, he went to work. And without the work that he and his team have done in this year, we would not have been able to do, with your giving, what we've been able to do to expand our reach in this very unique and challenging season. And, and not only that, but what's been really cool for me to see, because I've been getting texts the last couple of months, I've had to go to Josh a couple of times, and we're getting local pastors from our city uh, wanting to know if they can talk to Josh <laughs> and wanting to know what we're doing. Because if you, if you took a look at our live stream you know, a couple of years ago versus now, it's not even in the same ballpark. Um, but that's because of his diligence and effort ministering to the body of Christ through technology with the teams, and, and, and all the teams get the credit because he'd be quick to tell you that, uh, but someone has to spearhead it. And we could not literally be doing what we're doing and have the reach that we have without them and without your giving. So I just wanted to take a note or a moment to appreciate you guys for that and, and Josh and his team. So um, I thought this was important. You guys okay with these updates? Are they helpful? Yeah. Okay. I feel like they are. Um, I'm a little biased, but... Um, I felt like this was important as it relates to our staff. I'm, I'm proud to report to you that we still have every single team member that we had on January 1st of this year, um, which what does, that, what does that mean, Pastor Mark? Well, what it means is even though it's been a trying year um, in so many ways, and there have been moments where with the pandemic and all of the events of the year, I've, had, I've been sitting in meetings with the team and said, look, if, if you feel like you need to go or if this is too much, I get it. And every single one of them doubled down. Like, this is where God's called us. This is where we're supposed to be. And we know that the best is yet to come. And so I'm just here to tell you that this is the most amazing, anointed group of staff that you will ever find anywhere on the planet. Yeah. Anywhere. I'm sure there are other people that feel differently, but you couldn't talk me out of it uh, because I've seen not only them stay, but press into ministry. And there's some announcements I can't give you yet. They're going to translate into 2021. That's going to result in some of those staff stepping into new roles and influence and responsibility that's going to continue to take our church forward. And so um, just be on the alert, be on the lookout for that. Um, I wanted to also make a quick mention because it's been a while since we've had an update regarding uh, our worship uh, music director, uh, Lucy Mendez. If, if you're relatively new, you may not know Lucy because she's been in Brazil now for just over a year. Um, but she went back to renew some papers and just the immigration climate being what it is and a lot of other things that were kind of working against us. She's still there. 
And so we are in a season of prayer and fasting for her uh, to discern God's will and kind of what next steps are. So I just want to invite you all in on that. Um, Lucy is, is just part of our family. Um, and God, we continue to go to God and, and ask, she and I both, we have calls regularly. Like, God, is this what you're doing? Do you want her to stay there? Do you want, like, we want to do what you're doing. Uh, we don't want to try to bend your will or get you to do something you're not. And all we can keep coming back to is all the words and all the, the things that we have connected our situation keep seemingly confirming that, A, he hasn't said anything different. And so we're going to keep pressing in. Um, and B, we're, we feel like there will be a breakthrough soon to, to give us clarity and her clarity on exactly what to do. And so I just want to invite you guys all to pray with me because Lucy is our family. And uh, if you know her, you love her. <laughs> but uh, just pray with us that God will show us clearly the steps to take uh, with her and for her to take. Amen. Um, our student ministries launched an online youth uh, service across three platforms this year. This was especially helpful during the year that we've had. Um, but it was something that uh, J-Dub and Josh and Kayla took on and, and ultimately uh, delivered on that allows uh, some of the students that aren't able to be here during the week to attend and to be a part of that experience. And so uh, just a lot of things going on. Pathway Kids, uh, Pastor Jessica told me that she had a new uh, kind of, what's the right word? Um, she had a, a, a vision for Pathway Kids going into this new year that was built around discipleship that was going to be coming in January that she felt strongly was uh, the voice of God for Pathway Kids, for our kiddos, that she's really excited about. I'm not going to give away anything for her, but uh, just know that that's coming. And I'll, I'll kind of end this section with this. There's a recent elder team meeting where a pastor said this as we were kind of reflecting on the year, looking at kind of where we've been, kind of where we are. Um, and he said this, I don't see 2020 as a setback but I see it as a setup for everything that God wants to do, that it will be done. Amen. Everything that we've done this year to adjust and improve, uh, to press in. I don't know about you, but I've had to press into God in a way this year that I never have. I'd like to think that I would have done it on my own, um, but I don't know. All, all I can say is the fruit of it has been pressing into God the way that he's never been more real to me. Um, I've never been more confident about my place, our place, and the vision of God on this house than I am right now in this moment. And, and we know that the best for Pathway is still ahead of us. Amen? Yes. Um, the second part is where we're going. I just want to mention a couple of things to you from, from here. Uh, number one is, and I'm not sure if they're in this service. They, I recognize them in the first service. But beginning in January, uh, and really, they've already begun, but we've been looking for leaders for our outreach ministry, and we've really struggled with that over the last couple of years, getting that in order. I think it's no accident that the enemy would, would work in opposition uh, in the area of outreach, but what's been amazing is seeing um, this couple, uh, Bill and Lori Farnbrook. Uh, I remember meeting them in the parking lot out here when they moved down here from South Dakota, South Dakota. Um, <laughs> But even then, I felt like, God, there's, there's something you're doing there. Um, and what's been really neat to see is the heart for outreach that Bill and Lori have. This is not just something they want to do or try. This is a part of who they are. And God sent them to us this year. And it's on purpose. Yeah. 
And I just want uh, Bill just snuck in the back, sir. If you want to look back and you can wave your hand. There's Bill Farnbrook. Just give them an applause. Thank them for stepping into service. You got to think about this. Why would, after all the things we've been through, God keeps seemingly making a way? It's almost like He's got a plan that we're not, we can't yet see. Even like that song we were singing, even when you can't see it, He's working. Amen? Yeah. Want to mention the building? We are still building the building, okay? <laughs> Is that helpful? All right, I want to, I'm going to kind of give you some context on this. So, um, we decided early, early, early on that we were going to build this building cash. This church, amen. amen. This church in its 11 plus year history has never had debt. Now, was it a big step of faith to take on, you know, a, a eight to $10 million building project by faith with the, with the proclamation and the declaration on the front end that we're not going to take on any debt? Would you say that's Faith-filled? All right. Just want to let you know, yeah, I've had conversations as this year has unfolded with, with good friends and some other pastors saying things to me like, man, you guys sure look smart right now. Because if you can imagine us trying to take out a note on that, and then with the way this year went, it would have sunk us. You know, or it would have done, it would taken a chunk out of the side of the Titanic, right? Um, but what I told... Uh, Pastor Ed's one of the gentlemen I had this conversation with and a couple other pastors. What I've told them is, no, we don't look smart. We look very obedient. Because we, we knew what God spoke. And further, I'll tell you this, that while we didn't see this year, I mean, nobody could, we're those prophets that were prophesying 2020 is the year of 2020 vision. <laughs> I can't find them <laughs> right now. <laughs> they gone. Um... <laughs> I remember it was all the rage. That's the year of 2020 vision, and God's going to, you know, yeah. Um, but with that, what we can see clearly is that God always sees clearly. Um, and he has us in a position where we didn't necessarily think we'd be on pause at this phase for this long. But we had this idea early on that we figured there were going to be some strategic stopping points that we were going to have to negotiate along the way to do this cash because it always takes faith. You know, we didn't feel like it was going to be one of those, well, we're just going to set the course and it's just going to right on the finish line. Because if you're doing anything significant for God, you're always going to face opposition. Um, so this is a test of faith, but it's not one where we're uncomfortable uh, because God spoke to us early on and we've just been walking it out. So the, the, the spot where we are now, you guys, through your giving and generosity, there's $4.6 million worth of property and building out there on 259 that's safe and secure waiting on the next step. So amen. Let's give God a praise for that. That's through your generosity. Wouldn't be possible without your faith and without your giving. But we, we don't have this thing over our head called debt that's demanding payment. Um, we, we literally are waiting on God's provision for the next step. And for us, the next step is the bridge. And you've heard me mention that before, but we need a bridge on the front end of the property, you know, where it goes kind of under the river and through the woods uh, there on the front. Uh, we need a bridge that's $156,000. And so if you haven't made out your end of your giving check, this would be a great opportunity for you to do that. <laughs> But here's what we know. Uh, we're going to aggressive, aggressively steward 
Um, we're going to keep it in front of you guys. I I'm going to do a better job of communicating some of those things to you so we can stay in the loop. But guess what God's going to do? Because he's God. If we continue to surrender and obey and walk in obedience, he's going to make it happen. How will he do that? Through all of you. Because I've heard stories, even in this really hard year, of people that have had unexpected increase in their business or their finances or things. And, and, and that's one of the reasons why we've been able to navigate this year so well is because God has been faithful to his people. And so you guys do your part. We're going to do our part. And we're going to watch God do his part. Yes. Amen? Amen. Um, just looking at Pathways Vision, um, just want to reaffirm to you that the vision has not changed. So the vision that Pastor got from the Lord uh, when this whole thing, before this whole thing started, was pretty simple. Uh, we're going to take over the world for Jesus. That is still what we're going to do. Amen? We're going to see 10,000 people reached in this immediate community, and we're going to affect a whole lot more people than that. But everything that God's promised is what? Yes and amen. And we will not back down. We will not be intimidated, right? We're going to release our own Kraken. Um, sorry, where that came from. Um, but we're going, to, we're going to see more people healed, saved, families restored, send people all over the world to preach the gospel. We're going to have that ministry school and worship school that's going to be housed out of that new property. Um, and we're going to continue living our, our values. What are the values? It's our four Bs. Believe in Jesus, belong to a family, become a disciple, and build God's kingdom. And then we're going to, guess what we're going to do when we finish doing that? We're going to believe in Jesus, <laughs> belong to a family, become a disciple, and build God's kingdom. And then we're done with that, we're going to do it again. And we're going to keep doing it again until we see Jesus do everything that he wants to do in Pathway Church. Amen? Um, We've also been collaborating and developing some new ministry that we will launch in 2021. But I just want you guys to get the picture that we're not sitting around waiting and wondering. Um, we've been working very hard uh, behind the scenes with the help of the Holy Spirit. Um, but it's given us a clear track that we're running on. And we just want to invite you guys to jump on it with us and to be a part of the miracle. Because God will get all the credit. It won't be because we're real smart. And it won't be, be because we had uh, the, the people on the outside of this circle will, will look at it and go, that could only be God. And that is exactly what we want, yeah. to make him famous. Amen? Yeah. Um, so the, the second part of what I want to share is just a real quick kind of um, overview from what's been coming from prayer. And this is out of Nehemiah. Uh, but this is something that if you've been in our Saturday morning prayer experiences, this has been coming out of that. It's been coming out of my personal prayer time. And this is just a real simple encouragement to all of you, uh, not only as Pathway Church, but I think as the body of Christ at large. But I certainly want those of you that are owners here to listen with an ear for yourselves and your families, but also uh, through the lens of your Pathway Church family, because I believe with all my heart, this is for us. This is what, is what God is saying to us. Do you guys believe in the prophetic realm? Yes. If you don't, you should, because God's always speaking. He's always revealing. He's always opening doors of understanding. And this is part of the way that he's been speaking to us as a church through our, our elder team, through our, our prayer on Saturdays and our leadership, um, revealing the way ahead. 
And so if you're not familiar with Nehemiah's story, just real quickly, he was the cupbearer to the Persian king, Artaxerxes. Um, he was a Jew. Um, he's kind of the equivalent of maybe a Holocaust survivor, uh, but he, he graduated up the ranks uh, within the king's court to ultimately being in this very significant position of cupbearer. So if you understand cupbearers, what, the, what did they do? They tasted what the king ate to make sure there wasn't poison in it. High leverage position. Would you agree? Um, so this would have been a person that the king trusted significantly. Uh, but it would have been a person that um, he, he would have had everything kind of handed to him. You know, in, in this role, he really had the best of everything. He ate the best food. He drank the best drink. He lived in the palace. He was in a very comfortable place. But one day his brother shows up and says, hey, Jerusalem is, is compromised. The walls are, the temple's been rebuilt, but the walls are down. Um, the, the people of God are being pillaged. Um, they're being taken advantage of. And what does Nehemiah do? No, thanks. I got a good deal here. Good luck with that. No, he weeps bitterly. He wept, he mourned, he fasted, and he prayed. And the, the point I wanted you to get from, from the looking, at, looking at Nehemiah's story, and, and you can read it in a couple of different places, but first in his prayer to God, and then when he's actually talking to the, the, the people in Jerusalem, the people of God, he uses the words like us and we. Um, he took responsibility for it, even though he didn't have to. And in verse 17 of chapter 2, he says, You know very well the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end the disgrace. And so I just would kind of ask you this question that is your life yours or is it God's? Because this, is, this point is all about understanding that this whole thing called my, the Christian life, my work, my assignment here on earth, um, is recognizing that it's not about us. And we've been in a year this year where it's turned a lot of people intrinsically. It's turned us inside. It's had us um, batten down the hatches, you know, s you know hoard all the money. Um, not that that's a, a terrible thing. It's good to be wise during seasons of famine. But what I'm talking about is understanding my assignment versus God's assignment. My assignment gets really selfish really fast, doesn't it? Because it's all about, I got to take care of me. Jesus, that, that's one reason why we have the value system we do here. In a season where it would have been very easy for us to just hold on to that money instead of give it out, we kept giving. Why is that? Kingdom. Kingdom. Kingdom's bigger. And we made the decision, you know what? If we go down giving, we'll just go down giving. <laughs> right? I've never seen a person, family, or church with a commitment to giving and sowing into the kingdom that has ever gone without. I've never seen it. And in Nehemiah, that's what you, what you see there with his story. He takes ownership. We have owners here. We don't have members. And many of you are owners. What do owners do? We take responsibility. I'm not looking for somebody else to do it. It's not like members at the country club where we see somebody step over a piece of trash and like wonder who is going to go pick that up. It requires an ownership in the vision. And that's what we see in Nehemiah in this passage. The second thing I wanted to mention out of his story is that he stayed focused in the face of opposition. Have you guys felt opposition this year? I don't know about you, I felt a lot of it. But here's what my dad always said, and he's here today so he can vouch for me. 
He always said, if you're not experiencing opposition, you better check because you may be running the same direction as it. If you're doing God's work, you will encounter opposition. You should. It should be an indicator that you're on the right track. Right? Because if it's all easy, breezy, and shady and downhill, I'm doing something wrong. Because in this life, we will have trouble. Jesus' words, right? But in this story, Nehemiah faces a tremendous amount of opposition. When you take risks and step out in faith for God, you will have opposition. You will have fear. And there's nothing wrong with fear, but it's what we do with it. Because courage is not the absence of fear, it's moving forward in spite of it. And when you look at Nehemiah, what you see is you had Samballat, Tobiah, and Geshem. They're all racists. They hate the Jews. They don't want the wall rebuilt. Why? Because they can go in any time and get what they want. Right? And then they, Nehemiah comes in, and this is the guy who's, who's leading the charge and organizing the troops and getting everybody ready to, to, to go to the wall and start the rebuilding process. And what do they do? In this passage, this, this, this account, you, they see him, you see them accusing him of rebelling against the king, hurling insults out at him. And they had this one guy, uh, Tobiah, and I kind of imagine, you know, like Back to the Future, we have Biff and his, his little bully, you know, this is the stupid bully that says this, but he's sitting there and he's yelling at Nehemiah, you know, if a fox ran across your wall, it would fall down. <laughs> How many have those people in your life? Like, what are you doing over there? That's stupid, you know? That's what you're going to have. If you're in the will of God, doing the work of God, you're going to have those people. Yeah. You're going to have the biffs. <laughs> That was not in my notes. I don't, <laughs> but you see them mock Nehemiah and mock the Jews. You see them threaten them to come down and fight them, to cause confusion. You see them hatch a plot to try to lure Nehemiah into the temple, to desecrate the temple, be a false prophet. All kinds of strategies the enemy is going to try to employ and has employed to try to get us off mission. Because that was the whole point. If I can just cause some confusion, if I can just cause some doubt, if I can just get him to turn back and go to the palace. Guys, part of what I'm sharing this over you today is I want you to hear this. Do not turn back now. Don't listen to, don't listen to Sam Ballot. It's a dumb name anyway, but don't listen to him. Don't listen to Tobiah. Because they're out there. I don't know about you, but I've heard the voices this year. Lots of them. What we're about to see is what Nehemiah's response was. Stay focused. If the enemy can get you distracted and off mission, he's got you. Like Nehemiah, we must be listening. You see Nehemiah pray all throughout this account. The longest recorded prayer in the Bible was Nehemiah's. He was a man of prayer. We have to be people of prayer. But this is what I want you to hear. After all of these mocking and the insults and all that is being hurled at him, Nehemiah gives what I call his Braveheart speech. And it's in Nehemiah 4. It says, don't be afraid of them. Put your minds on the master, great and awesome, and then fight for your brothers you sent, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. And remember that, I'm going to come back to it. 
fight for your brothers, sons, daughters, wives, and your homes. What are we focused on? We can't lose focus. It's too important. Because this is not about us, church. This is not about what Mark wants. Can I just be honest with you? If this was about what I wanted, I'd have checked out already. It's been a hard year. Anybody else feel that way? Would it be easier to quit? Would it? Why, why, why not? Why not quit? Because I have an assignment on the wall that God's called me to. You guys have an assignment on the wall that God's called you to here. And we are not going to get pulled off mission. We're not going to get distracted. We're not going to lose focus. Amen? Also, they tried to lure him away from the wall into what was called the Plains of Ono. Now, if there's ever been a prophetic name for a place, <laughs> how many have ever ventured into Ono territory before? <laughs> if there is some place the enemy's trying to get you that's labeled Ono, just mark it out. <laughs> Don't go to it. But here's what's important about this. I want you to really get, you got to get this, guys. You got to get this. You got to get this. They're calling down. They're saying, just come meet us. Come meet us in the Valley of Ono. Here's Nehemiah's response. Sambal and Geshem sent this message. Come and meet with us in the Valley of Ono. I knew they were scheming to hurt me. So I sent messengers back with this. I am doing a great work. I can't come down and be bothered with you. Why should the work come to a standstill just so I can come down to see you? Four times they sent this message, and four times I gave them my answer. Why is that so important? Nehemiah had resolve. Despite their best efforts to distract and let's just come down here and just talk to us about it. Just let, let, me, let me tell you what I let me tell you something I heard. Let me tell you something I found out that you need to know. So you can pray about it. Some of you have had those phone calls this year. Oh no. You better stay away from Ono, people. I'm just saying, nothing good comes out of Ono. But it's the truth. The enemy wants you there. Because if he can just get your ear, he can pull you off mission. Amen? Amen. He, can, he can distract you, and he can get you off the wall, and then there's a breach, and there's a compromise. We, we all have to be in our place. Guys, part of the, the story of this, this, this account of Nehemiah that you see, that if you read the whole account, and I encourage you to, because it's for us. Like, this is pathway. If you read it, what you see in that passage is this amazing, eclectic mixture of peoples. You see goldsmiths and servants and civic leaders and religious leaders and lay people all together, all different socioeconomic places on the spectrum, locked arms together. Amen? That's a picture of us. 
So with Nehemiah, he was openly criticized, falsely accused, threatened, conspired against, grossly misunderstood. But what do you see him do? Keep his cool, roll with the punches. He went to God in prayer over and over again, and he continued God's work on the wall, what we're going to do. And the last thing is we got to go to work. We got to, like, guys, can I just be super, super transparent with you? The body of Christ is lazy. We are lazy. So lazy. And I mean that with all sincerity <laughs> in the most loving way possible. And I'm talking to me, too. Like, I'm not excluded. We want stuff easy. When the going get tough, the tough get going. We're in a season where it'd be real easy. I'm going to go over to that other place, you know, where it's not as hard. I'm going to go over there where there's not any scrutiny or where there's not. I'm going to, it's just easier. I'm going to go sit on the back of the pew and just soak it in. It's not what God's called us to. That's a life of convenience. Is this too real? Guys, we, we got work to do. And part of my, sub, my subtitle on this point was pack your lunch pail. <laughs> pack your lunch pail. We're going to be here a while. That's right, Mike. But when you, what you see in this account is I love the resolve. Because you hear the, the haters. This is the haters part. Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, as burned as they are? Tobiah said, what are they, what they're building, even a fox climbing up on it would break down. And then this is Nehemiah, hear us our God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Amen. I got some... Never mind. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. Amen? That's a good prayer. So we rebuilt the wall till it reached half height, for the people worked with all of their heart. One version said the people had a mind to work. Guys, if there's ever been a rallying call to the body of Christ, I'm not just talking about pathway. we got to have a mind to work. Yes. We've got to get off our blessed assurance and get in the game. Yes. Yes. Why? So we can have a nice, pretty church? You are missing the daggum point. Yes. Like, this isn't about a physical church building. This is the church. You guys are the church. If we never walk foot in that building, it doesn't change God's assignment on this yes. church. Amen. We have a mission, an assignment from Jesus Christ from on high, and we will see it through. Yes. And the reason I know that is because you're still here. Right. There's some that didn't make it. I, I mean, I'm not hating them. I'm just saying you guys are here. What does that mean what we got to do? We got to get up on the wall. I got to get up on the wall. I got to do my part. If you look at the story, what you see is that in many cases in this wall rebuilding, and we're talking about a two and a half mile stretch of wall that was about eight foot thick and 40 foot high. That is a big wall. In the rebuilding of the wall, what you see is the families. The families rebuilt the portion of the wall in front of their house. 
Why is that important? And this is something that, that Dennis shared with me yesterday in morning prayer, one of our prayer warriors. Why is that important? Especially for the, for the men of the homes. There's, there's no more significant motive to war and to build than when your family's there with you. Amen. And we are all in this together. And we will see the miracle. Here's what I'm going to prophesy to you guys today. This is not anywhere close to the beginning of this race. We are just stepping across the starting line in many respects. But what we will see in the, the days, months, and years ahead is something that will be undeniably the hand of God. Amen. Because no one, amen, go ahead, I'll break. No one here will be able to take credit for what God does. Because our assignment, guys, is to make God famous, not us. If they could look at it and say, well, Pastor Marty, he's really smart, man. He figured that out. Or Pastor Mark, that gives God no credit. Why is it always before the darkest hour, God seems to crack the sky? Right? It's always the darkest before the dawn. And my, my admonition of you all and what I'm sharing with you today is that you have to recognize it is not about you. It's about the people that aren't here yet, guys. That's right. We've all got other stuff to do if we're just doing a religious exercise, okay? Amen. If this is just a, a Christian club to come and pat each other on the back and, hey, good to see you. See you next week. You missed it. Amen. This is about doing work. It's about doing work for the kingdom. And so we're not going to get off mission. We're not going to let opposition distract us. And we're going to get to work with our lunch pails. And that'll mean that we're up there with the sword and the trowel and our little lunch pail, our, our little Pokemon lunch pail or Dukes, I had a Duke's Hazard lunch pail. I'm not sure I can say that nowadays, but I had one. Um, it would have been the one with me on the wall. But here's what we see play out in this story in Nehemiah 6. So October 2nd, the wall was finished, just 52 days after they had begun. After 72 years of it laying in ruins, they rebuilt a two-and-a-half-mile, eight-foot-thick, 40-foot wall in 52 days. Amen. When you stay on assignment in unity, supernatural stuff happens. That building's gonna be built. Why, is it because we need a building? No, it's because we need ministry space to do what God's called us to do. It's a means to the end. But God will do it. He'll do it through us. He's not gonna send a magical check fairy out of the clouds to drop it down here in my hands. He's gonna prosper and increase you and increase you and increase you and increase you and increase me and increase us because he wants to show himself through us. That's how he set the whole thing up. We have, God gave us dominion when Adam and Eve were put in the garden. Dominion here. He gave us all authority here. We just have to take it 100%. He wants to do it through us, but we gotta get to work, amen? amen. Yeah, go ahead and stand. Give God a praise as you're standing. Do you guys really believe that? Amen. 
2021 represents a finish line in some respects, but bigger than that, it represents a new starting line. Let's get on the starting block. Let's get ourselves, our families positioned on the wall. If you've been off the wall, it's okay. We still got your spot. Let's get back up on it. Because we're going to do it together. Amen. Let me just pray this over you. Just open your hands up. Just a posture of receiving. Father, we receive your word. We know this word was for us. You gave us this word. You stretched me to give this word on purpose for today for this people. And whether hearing it now or later when they're playing it back, I pray that same anointing that's been present all through today would land on the hearts of the people listening. And Father, we just simply declare with you an amen in the spirit that it is done. Father, we take our positions on the wall. We get back up with the sword and the trowel. We will do the work. We will recognize that this whole thing is not about us. It's about you and what you want to do in this earth. We will stand in the face of opposition. We will not give audience to the devil. We will not give audience to the demons and the enemies of our soul trying to pull us off assignment. We will lock our heads forward as flint on the prize and on the calling that you've given us. And in this moment together as a unit, as we did in the first service, we receive everything that you have for us. I rebuke any tactic of the enemy, any voice of the enemy over the people of God. In Jesus' name, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. The blood of Jesus is against you. You can't touch our homes. You can't touch our families. If we're on the wall together, there is unity, there is security, and there is your blessing. And we receive that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give Jesus a praise. I asked the worship team to help me. So if you're wondering why they snuck up here, I gave them permission. Uh, and they stayed late to do this for me, so they really love me. Um, here, here's what I want to do. I'm going to read this. Uh, we're going to read this over each other together, and then we're going to go out with a shout. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. We've had a word resonating in the spirit for, for literally years, but this year it's been coming up front and center. Almost every prayer experience in my own personal prayer time last, last night, actually the night before last, I sat down reading and praying in my office and God had me go back and reread this again. And that was where really, I think the dominoes started for what today represented. We're gonna read this and declare it together. We've had our pastor friend Gideon, who may be watching right now. Love you, Gideon, if you're watching. Um, he sent us this word several months ago to Pastor Colin. Pastor Colin himself had a vision that God showed him this word play out in the life of our Pathway family. God's given me this. This is, that, this is a scripture that I kept seeing this number, 9-11. When I opened my Bible one day, I realized it's on page 9-11 in my Bible. I say all that to say, there's been so many confirming sources over the course of the last couple of years, but especially during this really hard season, I just want us to declare this word as truth over us. And we're gonna read it together, okay? So guys, if you'll throw that up, we're just gonna read it. And I want you better, to, better than just read it, I want you to declare it 
okay? Then the Lord was jealous for his land and took pity on his people. The Lord replied to them, I'm sending you grain, new wine, and olive oil, enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you an object of scorn to the nations. Amen. I will drive the northern horde far from you, pushing it into a parched and barren land. Its eastern ranks will drown into the Dead Sea and its western ranks in the Mediterranean Sea. And its stench will go up, its smell will rise. Surely he has done great things. Do not be afraid, land of Judah. Be glad and rejoice. Surely the Lord has done great things. Do not be afraid, you wild animals, for the pastures in the wilderness are becoming green. The trees are bearing their fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their riches. Be glad, people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the autumn rains because he is faithful. He sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains as before. The threshing floors will be filled with grain. The vats will overflow with new wine and oil. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locusts and the young locusts, the other locusts and the locust swarm, my great army that I sent among you, that's you, Pathway, you will have plenty to eat until you are full and you will praise the name of the Lord your God who has worked wonders for you. Never again will my people be shamed. Then you will know that I am in Israel, that I am the Lord your God and that there is no other Never again will my people be shamed. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And everybody said a declarative Amen. Amen. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go out with a shout. So I want you to lean into this song Waymaker with us. And then you guys, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a parting shot of how to get out of here. But I want you to worship this over your family. I want you to worship this over this church. And I want you to settle it in your heart that we're going to get on the wall. We're going to man our post and we're going to see God's deliverance in Jesus name. Amen.